Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kevin Johnson program, where we spotlight the creatives of South Florida and beyond. You can find us on anchor.fm forward slash kevjohnpro. Also, feel free to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under kevjohnpro. And I'd like to introduce my next guest at this time, and I'd like to welcome Miss Pam Bruno to the program. Thank you very much, Pam. Hi, hi. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for very. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, put me on your card. (laughs) Well, yes, my schedule is very busy, but I would take the time for you. So I'm happy to be here. Okay. Well, uh, how I know Pam, Uh, I have to go back. A few years, a few years ago, I was uh, in a little uh, bar and lounge, I want to say, down in South Miami. It was a female comedian night, and Pam was one of the featured acts, and her comedy from that moment really drew me because it wasn't necessarily all about one-liners, it was about stories, and she was the elder of the bunch of the co- other comedians that were in the lineup. But like I said, I was drawn to her comedy because she was the only one in that entire bunch that made me laugh. So, Whoa. yes. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. I knew I was probably the older, but I didn't know that I was the only one that made you laugh. Yes, yes. It, it takes a lot. It really takes a lot. But I want to say, um, I want to say there was, like I said, this was a whole female comedian night. This was at a bar and restaurant down in, I want to say Kendall. Um, Yeah, so this had to be around, I want to say like 2010, I want to say. That sounds probably right. Yes. Yes, yes. And then from there, you I know that you created your own show. You uh, did a show at the Tamarack Theater for the Performing Arts. I believe it was called the Melting Pot Comedy Troupe. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I do remember you were at that when we had that show, too. Yes, yes. And that's how I discovered the wonderful talents of Kirkland Meadows. <laughs> So thank you for that. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, yes. And then, of course, I was able to finally recruit Pam for a couple of events. Uh, we did an annual holiday party, and Pam contributed to that. And then we also did a show at the Sunrise Civic Center uh, back in August. That. Yeah, back in August of 2014. And Pam, uh, you know, brought down the house for that one as well. Thank you for being so kind. Oh, it's not kindness. It's truth. Okay. Well, it's kind truth. Yes. Yes. So I I believe I just want to start from the very, very beginning. So, Pam, where are you originally from? Okay, all right. I don't know if I still have remnants of a Cleveland accent, but I think 
Not as much as my family members that still live there. Ah, ah. So I feel that that's actually where you get your aesthetic from, from the Midwest. So now I can tell. Now, now, uh, now I know what the what the origin, what the base is. So how did you end up? How did you end up coming south? My dad got sick and couldn't be in the cold anymore. So my family moved down here in I think it's like seventy two. Okay. It's been a while. Okay. And that's not where I started comedy, though. Okay. Believe it or not. All right. I actually went to Fairfield, Iowa, which is the main university for transcendental meditation. And I was working in Fairfield, and this guy came to town giving comedy classes. And I didn't take the first class, but I saw that they were having a show, and I thought, if he can make these people funny, I will take his class, because I knew everybody in the show. And they they were good, I thought. Mm -hmm. So I took a comedy class, and our graduation was also putting on a show, and it went really well, and I never looked back. Ah, so let's take a step back. Let's focus on that moment a little bit. You said, and I apologize if I'm going to butcher this, but transcend, can you, can you pronounce? Transcendental meditation. Yes, transcendental meditation. So can you explain what that is, please? Yes. First of all, I I can tell you of that program, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who was most known in the past for teaching the Beatles. Okay. Now, the process itself is a very simple mental technique that reduces stress in the mind and the body. It's very profound. In fact, it's one of the very few things that I've ever stuck with in my life because it really helps mm-hmm. every area of life. And they've done a ton of research on it to show that it has really profound effects on the nervous system, on the mind. In fact, the um, what's the heart? What is the main heart association? American. Heart Association Yes, something. American Heart Association, and, yes. Okay, Transcendental Meditation is the only meditation technique that they actually backed up and said, we, say, we confirm that this helps the heart. And so people are, a lot of people go to it if they have high blood pressure, anything that needs well anything it helps whatever state your physiology is in because it brings really deep rest and it's very easy a lot of people say they don't know how to or they can't meditate it's too hard but when you learn this it's almost unbelievable how easy it is so so where can you find so where can you find these classes or where can you find 
uh, like, is there a place where you go for these uh, for these sessions? Yes, yes, you have to learn from a certified teacher. And believe it or not, I used to be one. I'm getting recertified this year. Oh, great! I know, but if you if you're doing it, if you want to learn now, you can look online under tm.org, and that will give you a center near you where you can contact them and go to introductory talks about it. But I can't, I can't say enough good about it. It's very profound. Oh. So any emote... Go ahead. It helps me with my writing of comedy. Oh, really? Like, afterwards, I, I come out refreshed. My mind is clearer. I think better. And I'm probably funnier than I would have been. Ah, okay. <laughs> so when you uh, took this class with the yogi and then um, and uh, went on your uh, stand-up run, uh, what was, did you start with open mics or, I mean, where did you start uh, doing uh, doing your sets? That is a very interesting question. When I look back, I think the group I started with and, and the class the comedy class was taught by a guy from, I, don't, I think he was living in Des Moines or something, so he traveled over to Fairfield and taught the classes. It was like the music man. He just kind of showed up in town and said, I'm going to teach you to be funny. <laughs> so, which I think he did a pretty good job, you know? The people who took his class, there were about, uh, the, uh, it wasn't a huge class. There were maybe 10 of us in the class. And about seven of us kept together meeting, and, and we just started putting on our own shows. And when I look back, I think, I don't even know how we did it, because we sold out, we charged money, we, we made not tons of money, but for 10 people or, or seven in a show, we were incredibly successful, especially for people who had just started, and we knew nothing about what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We actually, we put on, the second show we put on, we were all determined not to repeat the material, and we'd only been doing it a few months, and so it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great experience. So when you finally, or when you got first got to South Florida, where did you go in order to do your first set? That is another fascinating question. When I, I first got down here, well, first of all, I started that class in 97, I think. So I didn't actually stay in Florida when my parents moved down here. I was, I traveled around a lot and also ended up in Iowa, but I just have to tell you a quick, a quick story about when I first started in Iowa, after we were all like puffed up with our success from these shows, there was a bike festival coming through Iowa in the summer, and they asked us, somebody said, hey, do you want to do some comedy? We have several different locations of these people who have just ridden on their bicycles across the state and we think it will be 
super successful. So I'm going to tell you straight out, like a bunch of dummies, we said yes. Okay. <laughs> and it was the worst experience in my comedy career, I could say, pretty much. Up to that point, for sure. Uh-huh. It was a hundred something degrees, and we were out just in the middle of, like on grandstands, big stages with blaring sun. It was so hot, and these people were exhausted. And then we get up on stage and start telling jokes, and they were just like, "Bring back the band!" Oh, oh no. <laughs> It has to be the, I believe it has to be the right type of, it has to be the right type of presentation. You don't want to just throw something in there because like you said before, uh, they're, they're, the audience is there to see one you know, specific thing. And if you want to use something else as a break, uh, that's fine, but it has to be right. It has to, it has to go along with it. Otherwise... Like you said, you'll get a negative reaction. Oh my gosh, yes, definitely. And I've seen it happen too sometimes where somebody has the great idea, we're going to do comedy in a restaurant. And the people who are eating there had no idea. And basically, they're just trying to eat. Yes. And they don't like it sometimes. It depends. If they know ahead of time, yes. But I've seen it where, again, they're just totally surprised and basically we're standing over them, you know. So but when I got to Florida, actually, I took a little bit of a break. My dad passed away and I wasn't feeling too funny. Of course so not. I stopped for a, a couple of years, really. And again, I saw that they were teaching a comedy class. And I thought, maybe this will be a good way to get myself back into it. Now, there are two schools of thought on on comedy schools. Some people hate them and just say, you know, you either have it or you don't. But I think you can always learn something. And it helps. I found that it helped. Mm -hmm. Because it gave me ideas how to put jokes together and what not to do. And also gave me some practice. And when I finished that, we also had a show. And that show went well. So I thought, okay, let me try and get back doing this. And in South Florida, the main thing that I found was open mics, either at restaurants or clubs like the improv or bars. And that's where I got most of my experience and I even still when I'm rehearsing for bigger shows I go to as many open mics as possible 
So when did you have your first ever featured uh, performance where someone actually put you on a bill? Wow. I don't remember. <laughs> Except for the first time we put shows where we put ourselves on the bill. <laughs> um, let me think. I'll say 10 years ago. Okay. I don't remember exactly, but I'm, you know, give or take a year or two. Okay. All right. I did a few times at the improv and and then people start putting shows on of their own and they do that a lot now too where comics gather a few other comedians and, and put a show together with maybe three or four or five comedians. So are you still at the point where you no longer do the open mics? Where yeah, you... I do them. I, it's like religion for me because if I have a show coming up and I have several coming up where I, I don't want to mess around and take a chance with it. Some people are more, I don't know what the word is, f- flexible, I guess you could say. They, they, I, a few people have told me they write on stage and I have notebooks where I figure out word by word, syllable by syllable, how it sounds, and I rearrange it if it doesn't sound right or have the right flow or rhythm. I don't leave it to chance because if I get on stage and it doesn't flow properly because I haven't practiced it, then that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I wish I could be more, more spontaneous. Now, the thing is, when I do learn, and I've been doing this more lately, especially with the story, if I, if I know the flow of it and the gist of it, I don't have to say the exact same words every time. Okay. But for some of the one-liners, I had to do that to make sure that, you know, each word had a purpose, because those are short, and you need to have it really make sense. Well, I also kind of compare comedy to boxing because there's a sweet science that is um, attached to it because I feel that one of the things that really stands out for comedy is that there is the way that you deliver a line. So I'm not going to give away, I'm not going to give away your material, but, (laughs) but there is a line that you say that gets people every time. And the funny thing is that there's another person I know that does not the same line, but it's almost like the same type of a way to deliver a line. And it, it really it really gets them every time. So like for instance, there's a story that you say and then there is the way when you deliver the punchline, there's a pause, and then you hit them with it. And like I said before, it, 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 really, it really gets them every time. So like for instance, when you're, when you're doing your material, when you're writing your material, do you record yourself in order to you know, make sure that you're going to deliver a punchline at a specific time? getting ready but mostly 
I record the set when I perform it, actually, at the show. Okay. Now, I do have to confess, sometimes I, I just don't listen to it for a long time or, uh, you know, so it, it defeats the purpose. But a lot of times, right afterwards, I will play the thing, the whole set through, and then I take notes and see what, what could be better. Okay. Now, now one thing, interestingly enough, when I, when I perform, people have, I mean, that's the one thing that people have said to me that I never knew what they were talking about. They told me that my timing was good. And I have zero idea when they told me that, mm-hmm. what it meant. But I'm starting to get like an idea of what it means when cause they told me otherwise what I'm doing. And so I thought, I thought they meant that I, that I didn't even know that I had a quick pace or something, but it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. They, they said that I slow down at the right time. Ah. And I'm telling you, I, I'm only going by what people have told me because it's such a weird thing. And I really, I would, I need to study it more because if people say that to you, then it's like, I'd like to take more advantage of this and do it, you know, in a better way. So... But it's, it, I think it is that, where you don't rush. So, now... Maybe it's my age. Possibly. Because I am older, I'm just slower moving. I don't know. Oh, well... Maybe it's the meditation. It helped me relax more. Well, I can tell you that when you, when, when I've heard you, I can now tell that there's a, a little bit of a zen in your voice. Like there's a calm, relaxed uh, tone when you speak. And I figure that that also, um, you know, works well in your favor because you have, you know, other acts that may be before you that have that fast-paced, quick sense. And And then you have this other person that will slow it down uh, so then that way it provides contrast. So it's not yeah. always just this repetitious of just fast-paced um, comedians. In your face, kind of. Yes, yes. I used to worry when I was in a show because people were who were before me were very energetic and lively and the crowds were just loving it. And I just would have to tell myself, look, everybody's different. You have something else to offer. So there's no need to just worry that they're not going to like you because you're not like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to let go of that because it was making me crazy, you know? I can, I can, I can only imagine. One question I did also want to ask is that we see we have seen a bumper crop of ladies that are as equal to men in comedy. 
So do you feel that we still have a long way to go when, when uh, you know, men and women can, you know, be equal in comedy, not only as in pay, but also in recognition? Oh, great. And yes, it was wonderful. And basically, what she said was wherever she goes, people ask her, don't you want to have a male feature? Because then it'll be more variety instead of female, female. And she goes, look at all the shows that are all male. Right. Of course. So One more funny comedians, funny female comedians that come up, and there are a lot of females who are getting into comedy. And at some point, like you say, hopefully there will be the same amount of opportunity and pay. I don't know. I've never made it to that level where I know there's if there's a discrepancy in pay or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, there's a discrepancy in what I want my pay to be. <laughs> that's, that's just me and myself. Right. Well, I also know that um, I know that you have started performing with a group of other female comedians, uh, and I'm, I I may be pronouncing this wrong. The comedianettes or something like that. Okay. So that's on the other side. But she comes here too. And I haven't done that so much lately. Mm-hmm. What, what I've done is written the one woman show. Yes, I heard about that. That was, I believe, at ArtServe. And that's something that. Yes. yes, I wanted to talk about that too because um, I know that uh, there's a title. But what was funny, what 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 stuck stuck out at me was starring Pam Bruno in her one man in her one woman show as the one woman. So. <laughs> As the one woman. 
So talk about that. What made you decide that you wanted to do a longer format show solo? That has been brewing for maybe a decade. Okay. And one thing I have been feeling for a while is that I wanted to add a little depth to my comedy. And a one-woman show gives the opportunity to go off on topics that might not be funny. All right. And I did that quite a a bit, actually, in the show. Some people said that I should do that a little less and have more comedy in it, which I will because I've been working on it for months and switched it all up the night before because of the order it didn't make it didn't flow and so that day i left out a whole bunch of jokes because i was trying to remember the whole the show but i still like it i felt really good having those kind of depths where people had to kind of pause and go wow okay and then bring them out of it with laughter one of the reasons Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to ask you, how was the turnout when you did your first show at ArtServe? I had about 50 people. Okay. Which is not bad. No, not at all. You know, it's not as many as I wanted, but it never is. (laughs) Now, did you have to do all the marketing and promotion yourself, or did you have help? Okay, all right. Or it was I, is correct English. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then when you did the show, I can only assume that you taped it or you videotaped it, so then that way you're able to draw notes from it. But at the same time, uh, were you able to create some type of uh, sizzle reel so that you can take it to different places? Okay. It's, it's on the um, on the ocean. Right. Or near the ocean. Right. And what I'm going to do is get the show in shape because there are a lot of things that I know I wanted to change about it, and from the, both the shows, I'll get something. That I can that I can market. The thing about it, Kevin, is this is part goes back to your last question. I've been working on this for quite a few years. 90, 1997 is twenty two years ago, with a few breaks in the middle when my dad died, and then another time when I just felt like I've had it and. It's always good to come back. Well, you know what? Comedians mostly can't quit, I've found. They try, mm-hmm. and it, it just, 
it's in the blood and you guys go I can't this is my life I cannot not do it right yeah that I do find oh sorry go ahead no no go ahead please well relating to what you said about opportunity I get quite a few I've had quite a few opportunities I've won a bunch of contests and I, I opened for Roberta Flack one year. I was on Kevin Hart's Comedy Central show. But I don't feel like the opportunities, it's almost like once a year, which is not enough to make a living at. Mm-hmm. So the one-woman show is part of my I'll say plan and hope that I can actually generate a living for myself. Okay. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, as you probably know, um, I because I interviewed Kirkland about uh, a few installments ago, and he has no, now. No. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. Know. Yeah, I, 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 I interviewed Kirkland, and he recently relocated to Los Angeles to, yes, that I do know. to uh, you, know, you know, continue his uh, career. So do you find that you have, and I'm not talking about you specifically, but do you find that we have the means of South Florida comedians being able to stay here and create a living wage or is it still where you have to go out to find a market so then that way you can you know basically live on your own without any other uh, supplemental income all i can say is i hope so because i haven't found that yet and <laughs> i would love to after my well my mom passed away more recently and 2016 so after that because I had been her main caregiver I went to Iowa again for about a year to do some extra meditation and just regroup so I came back a little over a year ago to Florida and I'm just trying to see how far it will take me because as I mentioned earlier before we started I, I do have a job as an insurance inspector which is fine as jobs go but it's comedy is where my heart is understood and understood I would really really love to see that work out alright well I would I'm really a show coming up there's a show coming very often opportunities do pop up and uh, Ricky Smiley is coming to town in August and I'm one of a few comedians on that show okay great but you never know it could just be the same as the other things where it's like one time and that's it and you have to go and start up start up again and find something else right so I, I would love to know the answer to that question that you just asked. Hmm. It would 
don't know yet, but at least you're I'm you're you're plugging along. That helps. Yeah, yeah. Just keep keeping as busy as possible. Go and open mics. A lot of people don't believe in them. Who are who are more established, I guess, or have been doing it a while. But I think they're the best preparation you can get. It keeps you alert and lively with it. You don't get stagnant. And when I did my one-woman show, I would get out to as many open mics as possible because I didn't want to get onto my stage that night being a stranger to performing. Mm-hmm. Because that, to me, would be the biggest killer of the of the the feeling of it. You know, you you can't get up there being worried that you don't know how to react or or just have that flow going. Well, I see a lot of comedians that are making names for themselves locally, and of course, yes. creating their own opportunities. But I still have yet to see that one comedian that can do a long formatted program on a uh, in a in a larger set performance set venue. So to know that you have something, and uh, I apologize that I missed the show that you did before. Unfortunately, oh, I was no, working no, that. Don't worry. about it and I'm excited to make it better and better mm-hmm. and like I said I hope it turns into something because what I'm doing in conjunction with it is I'm writing a book Okay. and I want them both to kind of support each other in terms of content and themes and so I, even though the first show was May 4th, I feel like the first show is going to be October 11th because I have, I've done it now. Right. And now it's like, okay, I, I have a clearer idea where I want to go with it. Good. Good. Well, like I was saying before, I, now that I know that we have a couple of standouts that are creating their own programs and creating their own longer formats and be able to put them in performance venues, no disrespect to the restaurants, the bars, and the clubs, but I'm hoping to hopefully one day see a Pam Bruno at Hard Rock Live or the Parker Playhouse or even the Fillmore down in Miami. And right? yes, so I, I look forward to that. And just to let you know, we are at 41 minutes right now. So, oh, wow. so you can talk for a longer format. But, yes. <laughs> but I want to first off thank you very much for taking the time out to speak with me. And I also appreciate you uh, taking the time out to contribute to the programs that. I had before and it I do no. and uh, I do apolo- I do apologize that uh, I haven't been able to recruit as much only because 
you know, to, to, to tell you the truth, I moved away from the food and beverage establishments and into more performance venues. But as right. you know, with performance venues, it takes a lot more investment. So oh, it's yeah. not like we can produce the content for a weekly or a monthly show at a cafe that is donating their space to us. But on the downside, are the people really listening? As opposed to going into a theater or a performance studio where the concessions are a secondary, but not the priority. But once again, yes. it takes an investment. So we can't produce yes. the content as much as we like without getting that return. So not yet. Let's not, put it that way. not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but at the same time, just to know that you're out here, you are out here, you know, still uh, pursuing your passion and being able to, you know, create these longer formats in order to spearhead into something more fruitful. Um, I wish you much success on that. And of course, of course. Now, I take it if people want to learn more about you and your comedy, is your website still active? My website is active. I try to update it as much as possible. So it's sort of updated. I think I put something on about my show. And I'll, someone has given me some advice to use for my next show which I will try to incorporate. I have a little more lead time this time. I have three months now instead of two. Okay. So I'm going to try and do more to let people know about what I'm doing. But my website, definitely, pambruno.com. Very simple. Okay. Now, and do you have any social media tags? Like, are yes. you on Facebook and Instagram? Okay. Okay, great. Great. Well, I admit, like I said before, congratulations on starting the one woman show. And Thank you. I look forward to uh, one day actually coming and seeing you live on that hard rock stage <laughs> one day. <laughs> I look forward to talking with you afterwards backstage. All right, then. We'll make it a date. <laughs> we will. Well, this is another installment of the Kevin Johnson program where we spotlight the creatives of South Florida. Please get to know them by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also find us on anchor.fm forward slash kevjohnpro. And don't forget to invest and support your local community. Take care.